The Daily 202 is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, January 30th. In today's news, Eric Trump acknowledges the president was not being honest about his business's use of E-Verify. Caracas keeps heating up, and a rocky rollout won't deter the former CEO of Starbucks from running for president. But first, the big idea. Leaders of the intelligence community testified in Congress yesterday where they repeatedly took positions that were at odds with proclamations made by the president, who appointed each of them. On issues ranging from China to North Korea to the southern border to the Islamic State, President Trump's intelligence chiefs offered assessments that deviated from what Trump often says. Director of National Intelligence Dan Coats said Americans should be more worried than they are about the rise of cooperation between Moscow and Beijing. Coates, a former Indiana Republican senator, told the Intelligence Committee that America's two biggest adversaries, as he sees them, have majorly expanded cooperation in the energy sector over the past few years. He said they have influenced international bodies that set rules and standards, particularly around communications technology, and they're collaborating to capitalize on rising doubts about American global leadership. Trump, of course, has said the U.S. should aim to have good relations with the Kremlin. He has also suggested that Vladimir Putin should be able to do what he wants in their historic sphere of influence. CIA Director Gina Haspel and FBI Director Chris Wray joined Coates to discuss the new national intelligence strategy that was released last week. Under questioning, they also took positions starkly different from Trump's. Coates said North Korea is unlikely to completely give up its nuclear weapons and production capabilities, which he said Kim Jong-un considers critical to the regime's survival. Trump has insisted that the regime will give up its nuclear weapons and there will be a lasting peace. None of the officials would say that there is a national security crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border, where Trump is considering declaring a national emergency so he can build his wall. They warned that the Islamic State remains capable of attacking the United States, and they painted a picture of a still formidable organization. Trump has declared that ISIS is totally defeated, and he's used that as a justification for withdrawing U.S. troops from Syria. The officials also assess that the government of Iran is not trying to build a nuclear weapon, despite Trump's persistent claims that the country has been violating the terms of the international accord that was forged during the Obama administration. The officials also warned about Russia's intention to interfere with the U.S. political system. Trump continues to equivocate on whether Russia interfered in the 2016 election, contradicting the unanimous assessment of all the top intelligence officials currently serving. After they testified, news stories about Russia threatening American interests emerged. My Post colleagues John Hudson and Ellen Nakashima scoop that Russia attempted to interfere last year in U.S.-North Korean nuclear negotiations by offering Pyongyang their own nuclear power plant in exchange for destroying its ballistic missiles. The Russian offer, which U.S. intelligence officials didn't become aware of until late 2018, is just the latest attempt by Moscow to reassert itself in a string of geopolitical flashpoints from the Middle East to South Asia and Latin America. And the Financial Times reports overnight that Trump himself spoke privately to Vladimir Putin for about 15 minutes during the G20 summit in November without either a note taker or even a translator from the U.S. side. 
the secret discussion occurred in Buenos Aires after the U.S. made a show of canceling the meeting that had been scheduled between Trump and Putin because of Russian bellicosity toward a Ukrainian naval vessel in the Azov Sea. The FT says the conversation was much longer and more substantive than the White House has previously acknowledged. Russian sources tell the paper that Trump told Putin a full formal meeting is impossible at the moment because of the political pressure he's under. Putin reportedly responded by saying he's not in a hurry and remains ready to meet whenever it suits Trump best. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this hump day. Number one, the Trump organization plans to begin verifying the immigration status of all its employees following a Washington Post report that one of the president's golf clubs hired undocumented immigrants for several years. Eric Trump announced last night that the company will institute E-Verify for all of their properties as soon as possible. He said that the company currently uses the program only at a few of its locations. Now, that's the first acknowledgement by the president's private business, which he continues to own, that it has failed to check the work status of all its employees before hiring them. Despite President Trump's repeated claims as a candidate in 2016 that he used E-Verify at all of his properties. Back then, Trump called for the program to be mandatory for all employers and said that there should be massive penalties for anyone who hires undocumented immigrants. The decision by the Trump organization is not likely to head off calls for an investigation by congressional Democrats. Yesterday, they began gathering signatures for a letter to the FBI seeking a probe into whether the president's company broke the law by knowingly hiring undocumented workers. Number two. Venezuelan authorities froze the bank accounts of self-declared interim president Juan Guaido and sought to block him from leaving the country as President Nicolas Maduro tries to quash the most legitimate threat yet to his power. The move stopped short of a detention order, something the Trump administration has strongly warned against. Speaking at the opposition-led National Assembly, which he heads, Guaido said the regime's only answer to the country's problems is persecution and repression. Over the past week, government forces have moved to quash demonstrations in several rebellious slums across the capital. In Puerto Caracas, residents described mask-wearing special forces swarming the neighborhood last week, kicking in doors, rounding up young people, and imposing an effective curfew. The crackdowns have left 35 people dead, many victims as young as 16, and more than 850 have been arrested by the Maduro forces. Number three. Howard Schultz is facing intense blowback for his potential independent presidential campaign, but the former Starbucks CEO has spent months preparing and advisors say he won't back down. Schultz paid for more than six internal national polls and laid the groundwork for millions of dollars in paid advertisements that could debut in the next two months. The billionaire attracted fresh Democratic ire yesterday by belittling the policy positions of three women. Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. In other 2020 news, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti announced he will not seek the Democratic presidential nomination. He's traveled aggressively to the early states over the past two years, but he's a pretty risk-averse guy, and he's been enmeshed in the L.A. teachers' strike over the past few weeks, which has hurt his political standing back home. Also, former Arizona Senator Jeff Flake ruled out the possibility of challenging Donald Trump in a 2020 primary, he signed on as a CBS commentator instead. Flake said he hopes that somebody takes on Trump from the right, but quote, that somebody won't be me. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, January 30th. 
Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.